Hello and welcome to Forces Sport. Another week with me, Kath Brazier and Julian Evans. Jules, are you okay? It was a difficult weekend for a Wales fan. It wasn't the best weekend for a Wales fan, but I, I do think that surely Italy are in this competition to be challenging teams like Wales. Italy have been in the Six Nations for 20 years. So all those England fans laughing at Wales, hang on a second, surely you should be despondent yourselves because this is another Six Nations where England haven't challenged for, for the title. You know, oh, terrible, the, yeah. This is the first time since 20... Uh, in fact, England scored fewer tries in this campaign since since 2013. Yeah, there's a lot of question marks over um, over England. Um, but I don't and want actually, this to be a think... show. No, but actually, I think um, Italy coming from behind to beat Wales was a superb moment. It, not because yeah. Wales were bad, just because Let's it was keep... so emotional for Italy, and yeah. and they've been they've been questioned as to why they should be Correct. in the Six Nations, and they answered those critics. And and so they they had more hunger. Things weren't looking right with Wales from the off, if I'm no. honest. And the emotion surrounding Alan Wynne Jones winning his 150th cap, who by and the bigger, way, of course, lost his 100th appearance his 50th appearance and his first appearance so yes. he's, he's completed the full set there <laughs> I, I don't think he should have been selected I was surprised that he was picked it seemed like an, an emotional pick a sentimental pick, pick, pick. selection yeah. um, well you, but, you say you say you don't, you don't want it to be an entirely rugby show but ah, our yes. guest today and I challenge you yes I challenge you to listen to this conversation without smiling Sarah Bonner is our guest this week and she was identified as a talented athlete as a youngster but she says she's found her true home in rugby and just ended up breaking down being like I don't know what I'm doing like I'm so miserable I still want to be competitive at something and it was Nolly that said look you'd be great at rugby you're always friends with rugby girls your personality would fit the sport um we sometimes did some rugby training and crossover like the rowers and rugby girls would like change sessions and things she was like you'd be great at it just give it a go so put me in touch with some rugby clubs Litchfield um and I, I took a break from rowing initially um and actually never looked back the training was so diverse loved the team environment like my first session i rocked up in a pair of trainers and the girls were like you'll need some studs <laughs> now scotland women have qualified for the world cup which takes place in new zealand later this year sarah is yet to make her debut for the royal air force but she's already proven herself to be a crucial second row for scotland and for quins the prem 15s champions also have the likes of other military players like amy cocaine Beth Ann Dayton and Jade Mullen in their midst. Me and Amy got better chat than any of the army girls. So <laughs> Get that in there. Absolutely fine. Um, army girls have got a leg to stand on. Yeah, no, we, we have good uh, good banter, so to speak, with Beth, the army representative, and Jade as well. Um, but no, it's great. It's, it's all lighthearted at the end of the day when we put on a shirt for Quinns. We've got each other's backs and then enemies on the day that we play army. She's so infectious, Jules. I came away from that interview. Well, just there is smiling. a pandemic. There is a pandemic on, so everybody's so infectious <laughs> at the moment. Yes, she's one of those people, isn't she? Very effervescent, very bubbly. Mm. You just want to be around her, and yeah, she's she, whatever she's been taking. Can she share some with the rest of us? Because she's just one of those upbeat people. I'm sure yeah. she's not that way all the time. It was probably seeing us two that <laughs> made her feel on top of the world. Well, Our I little think faces. We... I think we, um, yes, I think we sort of asked some good questions and it's interesting to hear, obviously she was going to succeed in a sport, 
she just didn't it took her a while to find that one that she wanted to succeed in and of course if you if you keep listening out there um you can hear more from sarah later in the show plus we'll be discussing some of the headline sports stories from around the forces world and of course from around the rest of the world so stay tuned here on forces sport the UK Armed Forces Sports Awards took place this week at the RAF Club in London. Sports Woman of the Year was Karis Artingstall, the Army's Olympic bronze medal boxer. But sadly, due to other commitments, Karis was unable to be there to collect her trophy. But Sportsman of the Year was there, and that was the RAF's Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu world champion, Jonathan Mafflin, and he spoke to John Knighton. Overjoyed. It uh, feels like a combination of uh, a large amount of years, hard work, and yeah, just to be here with these amazing sports people right now is just a dream come true. You've had an amazing career. You achieved that goal of becoming world champion. Just tell us how that felt. Uh, for the honesty, it was right place, right time. You know, I was overcoming a lot of uh, injuries, working round the clock, three times a day, six times, uh, you know, a week. You know, training just to make sure it happened and. It was just a result of you know not giving up and being in the right place, right time, making sure that I, I competed and yeah never gave up and to actually get through it, yeah yeah, dream come true. Now, official of the year went to the Navy's Chris Mullen for judo and sports team of the year had already been announced before the awards and that went to the Army Women's Rugby League team. There was a guest of honour and she was presenting the prizes and it was Britain's greatest female Olympian, Dame Catherine Granger. I'm more delighted to be here than anyone could be for having me here. Um, it's such a privilege. I spent my whole, well, my, felt like my whole life so far in amongst athletes and surrounded by athletes. And, you know, when I went to university, I didn't realise that was going to be my career, my future. And there's something about being with other sports people that is so infectious, the, just the characters you get and the, the spirit and the drive and determination. And I kind of miss not being in that world all the time now. Um, so it's so wonderful to come back here and, you know, congratulations to all the amazing prize winners, but to all the nominees. I mean, the stories are so humbling and so inspiring. Um, and, and even, you know, watching people having to stand up and take the applause, there's such a modesty that sits within everyone. And that's really to their credit, because what you've done is really exceptional. And don't underestimate kind of the influence, the impact you'll have for what you've done. Bless you. Now- was that you sneezing? Was that you <laughs> I, think it, I think it was actually a cough in the background somewhere. Sounded like a sneeze. Taken from a li- live feed, so we like to bring mm. you, you know, the live action as, as much well, as we can. Well, if that's you at home sneezing, bless you. <laughs> Speaking of which, and also the uh, the UK Armed Forces Sports Awards were full of boxers this year, um, and there was more boxing last week, and we went to the Inter-Services Boxing at REF Holton, which the Army were announced as winners before the match even sort of got underway, Jules. A bit of a weird one, as due to five walkovers, they actually the army actually knew they'd retained their title from 2019 before the first boxer took to the canvas. Um, this does happen, unfortunately, um, uh, but it didn't re- do detract from a really good night of boxing. But it's the first time in 25 years that the Air Force had challenged in six bouts. I think their previous record was three. And we also saw the first ever UK Armed Forces women's title fight, which ended in a win for the Navy's Brittany Walker over Frankie Lyle of the RAF. Inter-services football, a first round of that took place this week. Um, We saw two two 2-0 wins for the RAF over the Royal Navy in both the men's and the women's games. Carl Dixon covered both those matches for us and the respective coaches spoke to him post-game. First, we'll hear from the RAF men's boss, Andy Kutcher, followed by James Bryden, who's in charge of the RAF ladies. We can't get too excited, but we enjoy the euphoria of the game. 
um, half a job done. You know, we've got to go go down to Aldershot, which is a really difficult place to go. Um, but yeah, like I say, you know, the boys dug in today. Uh, we've played some fantastic football this year. I thought first half we 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 did okay and, and popped the ball around. Um, and then second half, you know, we had to dig in a little bit and showed that that, that resilient defensive side that we've been working on. Yeah, well, we just spent two days in front of a net um, working on some finishing because after our training camp, we missed a few opportunities, even though we did get a win. Um, so it was good to see some finish and, uh, and, and the second goal as well, what a goal that was, which obviously sparked a lot of emotion on the sideline, as you can imagine. Um, but yeah, really, really proud of them all. We, we didn't want to uh, lose today. Was, was kind of what I said was my kind of amber option. Uh, our green is to get a win and set us on a launch pad. We had a lot of new players playing their first into service. Um, so the unknown for them, and now I think that might just settle some minds and now we might be even uh, able to play a little bit more of our football in the second game. So the second game is both of those are at Aldershot this coming Wednesday, Jules. Um, do you think the RAF will, will be a challenge against those two RAF teams? Sorry, oh, do you think the Army will the be Army. a challenge? Well, the, the huge advantage for the Air Force is that they've got that first game out the way and mm. you're already up to speed of the speed required for inter-services football. It, it is a challenge. So the Army are sort of starting a little bit cold. So even though they are at home, perhaps the advantage is with the light blues. We'll have to wait and see. But it, it's a fascinating match-up between those two teams. Looking forward yeah, to that. We could, I suppose, have our answer to who's the inter-services football title's as early as this Wednesday, but um, the mm. Army, of course, will always put up a good fight. The women's game is at the military stadium. That'll be at three o'clock. And I think the men are playing at Aldershot Town at 7pm. And we'll be bringing you those games live on our Forces News Facebook page. Um, Jules, you'll be covering some hockey this week, I believe. Well, I'm hoping to cover the hockey. Like last week, I was hoping to cover some boxing. But we've had, we've had on the home front, there's been... There's yes, been, the Evans household is... One member of the Evans household is down <laughs> with the virus, so I'm sort of either waiting my turn or doing my best to sidestep and dodge it. So my intention is to be at the hockey. I couldn't make it to the army boxing event that I was looking forward to going to on Friday. I did want to, just in case, Yeah. can you imagine, infecting the boxers? They wouldn't be very pleased. So um, same scenario for the hockey. But yes, inter-services hockey starts this week, all done and dusted. So hopefully we shall bring you the results from that. Next time we have our little sports chat. Well, I'm glad you're taking precautions, Jules. You could, of course, <laughs> always, be like... Well, I was, I'd like to say <laughs> always, but a few have slipped through the net. <laughs> um, we've got little little Chris, our cameraman, who has successfully avoided coronavirus, even though his household was um, was infected with it last year. So you could just be Superman... Superman waves, just like Chris. It's very unlikely, very <laughs> unlikely that that is the case, but you never know. It's inevitable, it's, is it? It's mm. inevitable. BFBS, the Forces Station. This is Forces Sport. Thank you for listening. I'm Kath Brazier and I'm here with Julian Evans. Now time for our sunny Scotswoman, Sarah Bonner. A credit to her sport, her service and herself. I came to the sport quite late. Um, I had always ambition to, to be fair, represent my country, um, but always Olympic ambition. Um, I'd been a swimmer, um, a rower, so it was always in GB colours. Um, and then when I finally turned my hand to rugby, I was like, okay, let's go for Scotland. Let's let's represent my nation. So when did the switch happen from swimming to rowing to finally rugby? So swimming was just as a kid, like even when you kind of 
are 10 years old and you have signs that you could be good during every day, twice a day, which just got a little bit too much. Um, but I started rowing um, just the back end of GCSEs into college uh, through Tall and Talented programme. Um, that UK sport had run. Tall and talented. Tall and talented. Well, that rules us both out on both <laughs> yeah. fronts. We were never approached for that one. <laughs> small, small and not talented program. That's where we're from. Sorry, so tall and talented. Yeah, UK sport. I, I don't know if they still do, but they run like talent ID programs. I guess in line with the Olympiads, um, to try and recruit athletes that might be good at sports that they've identified. So do they look at your, your physical attributes and then sort of divvy you up into rowing or yeah, how did so that work? I don't really know how they selected the sports but they identified that look let's recruit some rowers. I think it was rowing and basketball um, and so I went along to these trials. They have your like height, your arm span, they get you doing different aerobic tests, agility tests. Um, and I made it through the stage and they're like, we think you'd be great at rowing. So I was like, this is amazing. I could go to Olympics, represent GB. And to be fair, like I really enjoyed it. I had some fantastic experiences, represented GB at juniors under 23, like involved in the camps and things, um, but just really struggled with how individual it was. Um, missed being in team sports, played netball growing up. Um, and the early mornings, 5 a.m., you're doing a 12K paddle, in like winter conditions you've got to love it and I was going to camps and everyone around me was really enjoying it and I was like why am I miserable like I'm usually quite a happy upbeat person um, and I was fortunate enough at college despite being a rower um, I had Danielle Waterman uh, ex-England international she was coaching at the time alongside her playing career and took me on as a little bit of a mentor because um, I struggled with my nerves and I didn't know how to compete internationally it was also new and I bumped into her whilst I was at Loughborough Uni, still rowing. She was on England camp and just ended up breaking down, being like, I don't know what I'm doing, like I'm so miserable. I still want to be competitive at something, but this was still in the rowing, yeah. Um, and it was Nolly that said, look, you'd be great at rugby. You're always friends with the rugby girls. Your personality would fit the sport. Um, we sometimes did some rugby training and crossover, like the rowers and rugby girls would like change sessions and things. She was like, you'd be great at it, just give it a go. So put me in touch with some rugby clubs, Litchfield, um, and I took a break from rowing initially um, and actually never looked back. The training was so diverse, loved the team environment. At my first session, I rocked up in a pair of trainers and the girls were like, you'll need some studs. <laughs> what size are you? And they just gave me a pair of studs, but in rowing, if you needed kit, that would be like, oh, well, you need to sort yourself out. It's just very different feel and yeah, I loved it. Of course, it was when you were at Litchfield that you met another member of the Harlequins and Royal Air Force Rugby Fraternity, <laughs> Amy Cocaine. Yeah, Amy, we go way back. <laughs> yeah, great girl. Like she's helped me out so much over the years. Um, but yeah, lovely that she's my teammate for Quins and also RAF, I love it. But it, was she a large influence in moving you into the RAF? Was that sort of an influence as well? Yeah, massively. So I'd always had like a military itch. Um, my dad and granddad were both serving in the army. Um, but she definitely was a big influence in that. Um, I was teaching at the time. I never really wanted to take a step back from international commitments to, to do my officer training. But Amy was like, look, for the sake of six months to a year, it will be worth it. You'll have a great career. And they're really supportive of, of sport, like get on it and do it. So yeah, Amy and her dad, Ian, like I, I owe a lot to. And of course, going through training as you were at Cranwell, 
again, there was, a, I don't want to say a clash, but you had to be ultra organised because you were also representing Scotland at a crucial time in their build-up to the World Cup qualifying campaign. How on earth did you manage to, to marry up the two? So I've got to thank the, the Royal Air Force for being so supportive with it. So I, I managed to get through phase one at Cranwell, um, graduated and then moved straight down to Portsmouth for phase two. And it was here that I had the kind of clash with phase two training and World Cup qualification. But like, I can't thank uh, DSPG and the, the Commandant for allowing me to fly out, especially during a pandemic. Um, we had to pretty much put in secure measures to make sure that I was just staying within the two bubbles. Um, and yeah, the support from Scotland as well to back me and support me enough to, to come in late and, and help with the qualification. It's amazing news that Scotland have, have qualified for the Women's Rugby World Cup. Um, but you're, um, you're sort of given, you know, the sort of double head, the, the double hat you were wearing at the time, having to do your training as well. But it wasn't the ideal trip out to that final qualifying match either. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, no, um, I actually had a roller coaster of a time. So managed to get back from injury. I was looking really good. Um, our pre-training camp in Edinburgh, again, playing really well, getting back into it, feeling strong. And then um, flying out there, managed to get a positive PCR when I landed in Dubai. So sadly spent most of the time in a hotel room, but thankfully got out for the game. So I was able to bring ultimate hype, run water and see the girls do the job, finish the job anyway. Well, um, oh yeah, yeah sorry, no, yeah. You'll, you'll be joining them later on mm. in, the, in the World Cup campaign in New Zealand. But if I can just rewind you slightly, what is it like your first cap for Scotland? What is running through your mind, your body? What sort of emotions are flooding through you? First cap, nerve wracking. I remember, to be fair, I still get this to the day on the international. I get so nervous to the point I even question why I play sometimes. Um, and I've had a couple of conversations with the girls in the squad and I'm not the only one in this. Um, just feel really nauseous for most of the day. And then once that kickoff whistle goes, you're fine. You're like, ah, this is why I play, this is great. Um, but first cap, I was probably more nervous for the first cap song that they make you do on the bus on the way home. Um, at the time, as like quite a young, um, inexperienced player, the, the senior girls on the team were quite intimidating. And um, I remember thinking, I'm more stressed about singing in front of the girls and management. Um, it's Shania Twain, man, I feel like a woman, um, in front of the girls and actually playing. But my first cap was the part of, well, one of the first games for the World Cup qualifying tournament in Ireland 2016 I think it was sadly we lost um, so it was actually really nice to then be a part of the World Cup qualifying tournament four years later and qualify. It's a nice insight into the team bonding that goes on within the Scotland camp is there anything else that you can reveal amongst friends? Um, team bonding do you know what Scotland we are like a really tight-knit group and um, we are like a big family um, and I, I think from speaking to other girls that are involved in other nations I, I don't know whether it is as tight for example like our jersey presentation have now been moved to the day of the game because it used to be the night before and we all get really emotional um, but no like honestly like rugby I don't think there's any sport quite like it that you have your teammates' backs as much as you do because I guess you effectively put your body on the line um, for each other and whether it's Quinn, Scotland, RAF, like the, the tight knit of the team is 
something that I haven't felt in other sports. It's in, it was interesting, that synergy that you touch on there with, with rugby and, and bonding, very similar to the military, the military isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Like You go on deployments with your team effectively for months at a time um, and you are essentially going to take a bullet for that person when push comes to shove it if you get in that opportunity and yeah it is a very similar feeling you spend a lot of time with each other away from home um, both can be quite physical um, there is a lot of crossover. You moved to Harlequins this year this 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 season this campaign and of course there are a number of forces athletes here as well so w were you welcomed with open arms i know amy's here from the RAF, but there's a number of army athletes here as well yeah um definitely yeah I, me and amy got better chat than any of the army girls so <laughs> <laughs> Get absolutely, that in there absolutely fine um, army girls i've got a leg to stand on yeah no we we have good uh good banter so to speak with beth the army representative and jade as well um but no it's great it's, it's all light-hearted at the end of the day when we put on a shirt for quins we've got each other's backs and then enemies on the day that we play army well that was a very good chat apart from my questions which sound like they come from yeah where were you <laughs> sounds like i'm on the motorway <laughs> why, why didn't you join us why why couldn't you be there <laughs> i don't I, think my microphone was, it... was working properly oh, who and turned it does that sound off? like i was on the nearby m3 i sort of um was just hailing in from you know yeah. bit, but apologies for that um i tried to uh, i tried to ask as few questions as possible and let jules take the lead but which, is how, it which is how it should be. <laughs> um, uh, well, I mean, Sarah is something else. She is um, infectious, as I said. She's fun. She's clearly loving her rugby life. And it is interesting to hear that at quite a young age, she sort of had a bit of a meltdown when she was on some GB rowing um, duties. And it's just amazing to have had that realisation at a young age, because I think a lot of people probably don't realise that until much older. And because she's tall and because she's talented, she was able to find another sport where um, she could put her uses and um, has done really well and hasn't actually made her debut yet for the RAF. So it'd be interesting to see what she brings to that light blue side, possibly during the inter-services or at a, at a later date. I like the way, though, that she was always determined that she was going to represent yeah, her country either absolutely. Great Britain or Scotland she was she was going to get there and it, it's that determination that has driven her to being you know a wonderfully capped player for, for Scotland and on the verge of featuring for them in in the World Cup and the Six Nations incredible um yeah and if you want to hear more about she has a lot of stories about her what she's learned from Amy and from Amy's dad, Ian Kikane, as well, because he's obviously part of the RAF setup. And they first met when she went to Litchfield to play rugby there. And um, yeah, if you want to catch up with more, there is, of course, the full version of that interview, which is available on the BFBS Sports Show channel on YouTube. And yeah, you can really delve into Sarah's past the, and the one thing, her very the one promising thing, future. Yeah, the one thing we couldn't persuade her to do was dress up in the deer <laughs> costume, which she had under reindeer, her arm. Of all Rain, yeah, reindeer option, uh, rain, reindeer um, outfit that she had underneath her arm. Completely but, unrelated to the interview, but I think a, a Christmas party that didn't quite happen, and therefore they had this reindeer outfit. Oh, you did ask Beth Ann Dayton if she would do the honours. Yeah, but... I was hoping that one of them may have put it on and sort of paraded around in the background, just just for fits and giggles. But it wasn't to be. Yeah, because our interviews are not serious enough. I think we need a reindeer outfit, don't we? To maybe throw maybe if we turned up in some sort of, um, I don't know, some sort of. Oh, I'm in fancy live, dress every live, week. What are you talking livestock, about? Livestock, well, the shoes, perhaps, but anyway. 
What about what's been happening in the world of cricket, Women's Cricket World Cup? At last, chance for England. And also Pakistan have done them a favour, who they play later this week. Um, We did say that England women would have to win their last four remaining matches. And at the moment, they're on course to do so. They've got Pakistan and Bangladesh coming up um, this week. But, I mean, they might just get through by the skin of their teeth, which um, I suppose they could argue they had three of the biggest games to begin with. But um, as reigning world champions, again, you know, should we should perhaps be expecting more but perhaps that was the impetus they needed um, and some some runs scored by the England men unfortunately they couldn't finish it off with a win but runs scored on a pitch that was made for run scoring I think yes it was flat a, as ever it was a flat flat pitch out there but it's it's encouraging because it's been struggling with the bat and now to yes. actually gets now to actually get some runs that's but I think cool. I think it's too early to say that we've got our you know go-to opening partnership because I don't think they were really tested on those wickets, but um, it is good for them. If they get runs under the belts going forward, they'll, it'll give them confidence. And we all know that cricket's a bit of a mind game in that sense. Um, but yeah, another draw for the men in the West Indies. The third um, and final test is this Thursday in Grenada. Really pleased to see the debut of Matt Fisher, brother, yes. of course, of Adam Fisher. Adam Fisher is the RAF cricket captain Matt Fisher is younger brother so he yeah. made his debut test always, debut for him. always the younger brother isn't it but um Matt uh I, I believe that Adam and Matt's mother and sister are out there but um I did did question Adam and you know I was I messaged him just saying congratulations for your family and um did question why he wasn't joining them in the West Indies but I suppose the military, <laughs> military are busy at the moment aren't they probably, um, probably busy elsewhere and, and Formula One got underway Yes, exactly. Oh, did you want to, you want to say something only, more about cricket? Only because we're talking about brothers and um, it was great to see that Joel Matavesi has joined his brother Sam at Northampton. Oh, yeah. That's good. Um, obviously, they just <laughs> are breeding rugby players down there in Cornwall. But um, yeah, Sam will be pleased to see his, his brother on side um, and he, he made his debut at the weekend. But yeah, Formula One, I mean, again, they're talking... At, they're already talking up Leclerc and the you know Ferrari and what have you winning, but it's only we're only one race in. But um, after such a well, what would you call it? Exciting, controversial finish to last season. Um, it's, it's good to have the prancing horse back, though, isn't it? It's nice to see Ferraris. <laughs> yeah. There's something the about the Ferrari, horse. isn't there? It's quite, it's quite good. Um, one thing that I, I'd want to mention is well done to Cat Matthews. Did you see? Oh, this? she look yeah, she looks in fine form, didn't she? Cat Matthews, knee rye. Um, winning out in Lanzarote, a destination normally for a, a cheeky week away on a, I don't know, one of those little holiday <laughs> excursions with the lads or the ladies. Uh, but uh, she went, to, I suppose it's like a mini mini Kona because the, the terrain out there is sort of all volcanic and a bit like Kona, which is in Hawaii. Is there a similarity or am I just getting stuck in geography? Anyway, well done to Cat Matthews, the army iron woman, iron man, iron, iron man. man. Ironman athlete. I think, yeah, Iron she Man won athlete. her first race of the year. Fantastic performance by her. And last time I checked, she was around some top ten anyway in the world. So, um, and it's funny, isn't it? I I get so set into these winter sports that um, people like cats sort of fall by the wayside. But we're aware that obviously Ironman, she just finds the sun all year round and competes wherever. And of course, Cat was one of our first ever sorry Jules is shuffling papers like a newsreader over there but Cat <laughs> was one of our first ever um podcast guests I think she was our second was that right it was yeah I, I definitely think it's the little chat that we had with her off camera off mic has set her up for the season so I'm expecting great things from Cat down to you and me 
we are there to inspire Jules. I think that's our, our number one job. And of yes, course, if, if, if you... you don't succeed at this, Kat, this is what you may end up doing. So <laughs> yes. keep we, going. As, we are short and not talented, oh, as, as Jules yeah. pointed out earlier. Um, but yeah, it's um, great to see so many sportsmen and women. And of course, the Six Nations, I mean, I'm going back to rugby, but the Six Nations women's tournament starts this weekend. Scotland versus England, Ireland versus Wales. But that coincides with Inter-Services Rugby, which Hooray. gets underway this weekend. The Army are playing the RAF at King's Home in Gloucester, the home of Gloucester Rugby. Both the men's and the women's game are being held down there in Gloucester and you'll be able to watch those live on our Forces News Facebook site. To be honest, I wouldn't know which way to call these matches at the moment, Jules. We've just been hearing about the strengths of light boo rugby and the RAF women, of course, won that historical first ever inter-services title at King's Home in 2019. So after a three-year break, I'm sure the army will be pumped up on both sides for the men and the women, but it could go either way. I think the army might edge it in the men's and I think the Royal Air Force may get another victory against the army women. But that's only a hunch. I mean, I I know nothing about any sport, so I don't even know I'm (laughs) presenting this programme with you. You're just the sidekick, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. And as we mentioned earlier, the inter-services football continues this week. The second games take place this Wednesday as the Army enter the competition. When they host the RAF in Aldershot, the women play at 3pm, the men at 7pm, and both those games will again be live on the Forces News Facebook page. So either try and get down there to support or you can watch online. Jules, as we said, is going to go and check out some inter-services hockey this week should COVID allow. But of course, you can keep up with all that's happening. Just go to forces.net for the latest results and action. But that's it from this week for Forces Sport. For another week, we'd love to hear from you so you can get in touch by emailing us at forcesport at bfbs.com. And don't forget to have a look back at all the chats with our military guests. That includes Cat Matthews, of course, on the BFBS Sports Show YouTube channel. And of course, you can listen back to all the weekly Forces Sport programmes at bfbs.com slash podcasts or on Apple, Spotify or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Jules, have a good one and um, we will chat again soon. Goodbye. Goodbye.